Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of account acquisition, and today the founder of Candidate Club Interview Prep, and of course, your host of the job interview experience. Joining us today is Kelly Thompson. Kelly is a keynote speaker, writer, and award-winning leadership coach. She has been featured in Forbes, Market Watch, Huffington Post, Parents, and now the job interview experience. Kelly has over 10 years of leadership experience for financial services and technology organizations, and her book, Closing the Confidence Gap, came out November 1st of 2022. She's going to help us sort through how to decide between multiple jobs, her career change story, aligning a role with your career goals, and closing in on the confidence gap. Kelly, welcome to the job interview experience. Oh, thank you for having me on the job interview experience. Kelly, before we dig into questions about jobs and careers, first, can you tell us a little bit, how do you like to spend your time outside of work? Ooh, okay. So I love the mountains. So anything that has to do with mountains. And so when I think about spending my time outside of work, we just love going to Colorado and hiking. And, um, you know, if there's lakes there and doing that sort of stuff, we love that. Um, but I love to read. And when I'm not in the mountains, then I walk on all the flatlands around here. <laughs> I love getting outside and doing that sort of stuff. One of the questions I wanted to start with is can you give us a brief rundown of your career and share your career change story. Absolutely. So I started my career in banking. I was actually in college and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was clean. You got off at 5 p.m. It was all good. And so I stayed in banking for 12 years of my career. And during that time, I started in sales and then was a sales trainer, moved into leadership development training, human resources, um, oversaw training for our banking operations. And even spent a little bit of time in marketing. And after 12 years, you know, I had grown up there. They'd raised me since I was a baby. They saw me get married. They saw me have kids. They saw me go through a divorce. I mean, 
I think a lot of you who've been at a career for a long time can, can relate to that. Like, gosh, these people feel like they've been my community that have not only I've worked with, but have helped me through a lot of hard things. But there came to be a time where I was really getting frustrated with just all the rules, all the regulations, you know, and banks just being banks. I liked to kind of um, do things and ask for permission later, which doesn't always work well when there's six rounds of compliance approval needed. And so I made a really big career change then after those 12 years and went to go work for a technology company. Um, much quicker moving, uh, much more in alignment with my values and how I wanted to work and really allowed me to do a role that was definitely aligned with my talents. I spent about um, two and a half years there. And then I went to go work for a leadership development consultant and an author, somebody that I had actually met when I was in banking and I had used a lot of her leadership philosophies. And her and I actually had uh, gotten seat sat next to each other on a plane and we got to chatting and she said that she wanted to hire me and I was never planning to leave that technology company until I sat next to her on a plane and worked for her for about three years. And then, you know, I was traveling a lot and that was getting really tiresome, especially now I have a daughter, you know, she was in middle school at the time. Um, I was recently remarried wanted to spend more time at home. And I really loved coaching. I'd always loved the coaching part of my leadership role. And so she was amazing and really kind of gave me the confidence and the courage to start my own business. And so in 2019, I started my own leadership coaching practice where I, um, especially now, focus on coaching women leaders, doing leadership development training. And I've been doing that since 2019. So I've made a few career changes. I've changed industries and I've left corporate altogether to go off on my own. And so here we are. For those that you coach, do you have certain industries that you see come your way more often or is that a pretty is it pretty broad across the whole business spectrum such a good question you know it it is really broad i have clients everywhere from clients in cybersecurity to healthcare to government to banking to technology to financial services Um, i wish i could say that i have something narrowed in um, but really i don't so they come from everywhere and i'm guessing some of those clients ask you this question and it's probably the question I receive most frequently from listeners. And that's what to do when you are sorting through multiple job offers. What advice do you give in that situation? Yeah. So when I'm working with clients about sorting through multiple job offers, I really give them a series of five questions to ask because these are questions I really had to learn to ask myself. And the first one is, is will this job allow me to use my best talents. And so when I was looking through, you know, even just job postings and I was going on job interviews, I really had to stop and ask myself, like, will 80% of that work allow me to geek out every day, use the things that I'm best at, use the things that make me excited. The second question I had to ask, and this really helped me drive a lot of the questions that I asked the job interviewer, because I like to remind my clients and I had to remind myself, I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. I would really ask them, are they in alignment with my values? And so my values are love, family, creativity, and learning. And so I had to really think about how does that look like in an organization? And it wasn't just what the organization had posted on their website, because that's marketing. I would ask them questions. So for instance, I value learning and development. 
And so I would ask them questions like, tell me about your budget for learning and development, because I would often find that what people value is where they tend to spend their money. And so I was making sure, one, is this job aligned with my talents, but allow me to use what I'm best at every day? Number two, does this organization align with my values? Are they making decisions and spending money and treating people in a way that I value and that I want to work with? The third question I would ask myself, especially as I was discerning some things, is, Am I passionate about what they do and who they serve? You know, I've had a lot of clients who are like, you know, I love the work, but you know, I just can't get behind working at a collections agency. And even in banking, I did love banking, but I'm like, you know, I'm just not super excited about checking accounts. And so sometimes when you're really discerning between job offers, ask yourself, like, am I passionate about what they do and who they serve? And the last question to ask is, you know, is this role in alignment with my career purpose and goals? You know, is this moving me closer to where I want to be? Is this moving me closer to ultimately what I want to do? And actually there's a fifth question I I mentioned. And my last question was this, what's my energy level after I have interviews with these individuals? Like really noticing and paying attention. How do these people make me feel? When I walk out of that interview, Do I feel kind of heavy and dreadful and am I kind of wrestling with some questions and some chaos? Or when I'm in this room or on the Zoom with these people, like, do I feel energized and excited and at peace and and light? And so sometimes even just those subtle energy shifts can be really powerful in noticing what's right for us. One of the things that you mentioned is aligning your values with a company. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you help um, those that you work with sort out their values, right? Think about it, probably write them down. But then how, how do you gauge a company's values from just a couple of interviews? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I give my clients a list of interview questions to ask. And I tell them to ask these questions of several folks during the interview. Lots of times, if you're going through a job interview process, you might interview with three or four different people, a recruiter, a hiring manager, a peer. And these are questions like, you know, like I said earlier, Um, Tell me what your budget is for learning and development. For my clients who might be going into marketing roles, tell me what your marketing budget is. Uh, Another great question that I like to ask when it comes to discernment on, you know, how supportive they are on leading change or how do they treat people in a rollout. There's questions like, tell me about the last decision that you implemented that didn't go well. How did you recover? How did you communicate that to people? Tell me how you lead change management events. You know, tell me um, how your organization handles um, unexpected challenges, you know, especially during the recession, right? Like how is your organization communicating and supporting individuals in the most recent recession? And there's a lot, there's probably a list of like 30 questions in there that you can ask, but really the goal is, is you're trying to get at how do they treat people? How do they communicate with people? How do they make decisions about people and projects? How fast do they make those decisions? And so that way you can ask yourself, gosh, does this align with the way that I want to be treated? Does it align with what I value at work? Does it align with how I want to work and what I stand for? And when you can start to ask those questions of several people, just notice, like, do they answer similarly? And if they do, that probably is a good clue that there's some values alignment across the organization. I talk quite a bit about questions to ask during your interview. And in, in my opinion, there's a couple different types of questions that you can ask during your interview. The first are just, I'll just say dumb questions, unprofessional questions. Some of them are kind of common and hokey, like where will I be sitting? 
or how did I do? You know, can I, can I start tomorrow? Stuff like that, that I think are kind of used to relieve tension, but also kind of used to maybe pursue a job offer. I don't encourage questions like that. Then there are questions that seem like questions that were written down just to have a question, right? Like, I can't think of any examples, but I'll get to my point. The questions that you shared here, and I hope listeners are writing these down, in my mind, as I'm hearing you say these, they actually do two things at once. The first thing is the most important, and they're, they're giving you information you need to book the right job and know whether it's the right fit. The other thing, just from these couple questions that you mentioned, it shows a company that you are actually evaluating things. You're thinking deeply about this and making an informed decision and informed on the things that you need to know about and thinking deeply about whether or not this is the right role for them, the right company will appreciate that. You talk a lot about confidence gaps. What is a confidence gap? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make one comment. I'm going to answer that. As a former HR person, I loved being asked those questions because it showed me that they had done their research. So I'm just validating everything you said. So let's talk about the confidence gap. So my book, Closing the Confidence Gap, opens up with this study. It actually is a study that was done by Wharton. And what they found is they were, they were curious. Why does there seem to be a difference in confidence between men and women? Why does there seem to be this difference in how they self-advocate? Why do men maybe have an easier time than women? And so what they did was they gave a group of individuals a test. And they took the test and they did not tell them how they did on the test. But the, the whole part of the experiment was, is based on how you thought you did on the test, you're supposed to go and advocate to these potential employers, your um, performance on the test, and then, you know, advocate for this role. And, you know, basically the result of it was, is men had an easier time advocating and saying, oh, hey, I did great on this examination and I want this role, et cetera, et cetera where women had a tougher time advocating for themselves and believing that they did well on the test. Well, you may naturally come to this conclusion, but what they found was that, yes, men had an easier, easier time advocating. They got hired um, with higher starting salaries, but women actually did a little better on the test, even though they didn't have the belief that they did. And so what the researchers recommended was that, well, maybe if we just start telling women that they did better, then their confidence will follow suit. And so my book, I argue, actually, that's not going to cut it because to close the confidence gap is actually twofold. To close the confidence gap, we need more women in positions of leadership. Only 26% of C-suite um, leaders are women. And a lot of the confidence gap comes from individuals, not just women, people of color, neurodiverse individuals, not seeing themselves in positions of leadership. You know, we've never seen ourselves using healthy self-advocacy and given benefit of the doubt and being successful without being perfect. And so, you know, this book really tackles two challenges. One, it talks about a lot of the systemic issues that are at play in organizations today as it relates to, you know, women, the unpaid workload, the confidence gap, gender pay gaps, um, seeing women in leadership, likability biases. And I advocate, yes, we need to change the system. But as we all know, we don't change systems overnight. That would be really amazing if we could change systems overnight, but we can't. So while we're advocating for change in the system, how do we thrive inside the systems that we're in? And so the book also gives readers tools um, on how to thrive in spite of these circumstances while we also advocate for change. It gives them tools to um, 
know what their talents are. A lot of the questions that I asked here really identify their values, know what their unique skills and strengths are, how to speak up and advocate, how to negotiate your salary, you know, how to really trust your gut and, you know, read your energy in situations and those sorts of things. And so, you know, it really does, you know, give a both and solution to closing the confidence gap by giving practical tools while also advocating for change. And I've had men read it and they really enjoy it as well um, because it gives them just another inside look on what, you know, probably 50% of their colleagues are, are working through at work every day. Say you were in a room with a hundred people and we'll just call those hundred people our listeners. Who would this book be right for out of that group of a hundred business people? The ideal audience for this book is women, corporate women leaders. And when I say the word leader, you don't always have to manage people to be a leader. I call a leader as anyone who wields influence. And so it could just be someone who is passionate about advancing their career, passionate about finding career clarity. But the ideal audience is a woman. She's usually between 25 and, and 55. She's kind of in career mode um, and looking for ways to find more clarity and confidence in her life and career. I like what you said about leadership because leadership is not something that one day you're you're granted and you're old now you're a leader or that's on your offer letter to be a leader. That starts when people decide to start taking that role. Being a leader could be deciding not to have certain types of conversations at work or guiding conversations a certain direction. It could be giving tasks to yourself, maybe if you're earlier in your career instead of waiting to receive them as you're career grows, it is something that becomes more obvious just based on your role and duties, but it is not something you have to wait for. Yeah. I actually talk about that with my clients a lot. You know, a lot of them tell me, well, maybe I'm just a professional right now, but I want to be a leader. And so we start asking, I give them questions to ask, and I'll give you questions to ask is, you know, if you want to be in the C-suite, how can you act like a C-suite executive now? If you are a working professional and you want to manage a team someday, how can you start thinking like a leader now? And some questions you can ask yourself is like, how does future you take action? How does future you make decisions? What sort of habits does future you keep? You know, what do you believe about yourself? You know, how do you feel emotionally and physically? What sort of decisions do you have to make? And I just can't agree with you more that, you know, when we want to step into those roles, the key is, is how do we be that now? I think a lot of people think, well, I can be successful as a future leader, as a C-suite executive, but as many people have said, what got you here won't get you there. So it's really thinking about what mindset shifts, what habits, decisions need to change so I can start embracing that now and be the successful leader that I want to be, you know, when that opportunity comes to present itself. You talked about career change regret. How do we avoid it? And then if people are feeling it, what do you do from there? Oh, such a good question. So yes, um, career change regret. A lot of times folks stay stuck in a role because th that's exactly what they're trying to avoid. They're trying to you know, get into this place where they, they've made a job change and then they look back and they're like, oh, I just don't want this. And so the first thing that I really want folks to think about is I want them just to notice and acknowledge that perhaps like, you know, maybe we have a bias for comfort. You know, do we have a bias for comfort here because the job is easy and I know people, 
And that's where we can really get stuck into the golden handcuffs. And the golden handcuffs are as we stay in a job that's kind of okay, but it's really an energy drainer for us because the money's good and we have good benefits, but honestly, it's just sucking the life out of you. You know, it's really not, you know, moving you forward. And it's, it's a different type of burnout. Um, there's a type of burnout called rust out. And that's basically when you are not using any of your best skills and talents. And so the work feels really draining. So that's the first one. We stay in the wrong career um, because we do, we fear the regret. You know, we, we think, gosh, what if I make this move and I realize that, you know what, my current job wasn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. So I'm just going to stay there. You know, the second thing that keeps us there is that bias for comfort. You know, we prefer the hell we know to the hell that we don't know. In fact, one of the things that the ego hates most is ambiguity. And, you know, speaking from my own personal experience um, and through other individuals I know, I mean, a lot of people say, well, gosh, why do people stay in abusive relationships? You know, why do they stay in situations that aren't good for them? And because there's this, there's this bias that says, well, you know what, at least it's the hell that I know. At least I know this hell, at least I know what to expect. Because ambiguity is scary. And so it's really just important to notice, gosh, am I having a bias for comfort here? And I'm preferring the hell that I know to the hell that I don't know. And then the last one is sometimes it's just junky old doubt and imposter syndrome. You know, what if I think what keeps people in their current jobs, you know, the regret, the bias for comfort, but, you know, they think to themselves, what if I've just been lucky here? What if I've just been lucky and it's because I know people, what if I really can't hack it anywhere else? And so, you know, when I'm working with my clients and I've felt this way, I have a lot of clients who feel this way. I just want to normalize this. It's so normal. So, so, so normal to feel this way. And I just really want to extend a lot of compassion. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. But then some of the tools that you and I talked about earlier in the podcast, identifying your values, your unique talents, making sure that you're asking the right questions can give you that nice level of discernment or a filter that you can take into your career search so that you can be a little more confident that you are going to be making the right change um, and avoiding as much as possible, right? You know, making a choice that, that you regret. For our listeners that want to learn more from you and start following you, how can they connect with you online? Yeah, the best place to come is uh, go to my website at kellyraythompson.com. I'm Kelly with an I, R-A-E. I've got some free downloads on there for you. You can just click my downloads tab and there's actually a free career clarity guide that you can go take a look at. And that oh, will help you it. answer a lot of the questions that we talked about today. Otherwise, I hang out on Instagram and LinkedIn and I'm at Kelly Ray Thompson. We will link to those in this episode's description. Everything you've shared will help build confidence, give new ideas. Sometimes we just need a little motivation to get over the hump that might be applying to jobs today or to keep going through the ups and downs of a career search. Can you share some words of encouragement or what motivation should our listeners have on their minds going throughout the rest of their week? Here's um, some words of encouragement. You know, I've been in a situation where I knew I needed to make a change, but I just didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what the right thing was going to be. And I work with a lot of clients who know they need to make a change, but they're like, Kelly, I just don't know what I want. Uh, I actually talked to somebody like this this morning. So here's my tip for you. I want you to make a list of everything you don't want. Because lots of times when we know we need to make a change, we can just be so stressed out and so mired in some of the challenges that we just don't know what we want. We just don't know what we want. But if I ask folks, and I bet if I'm asking you as you're listening, can you tell me three things that you know for sure you don't want? 
Most people can be like, oh yeah, I can give you a list of 10 things I don't want. So I want you to start there. Make a list today in your career, whether you're thinking of making a career change or you're just wanting to do something different at work, make a list of three things that you don't want and take action on one of those that feels simplest this week. And just notice how maybe you feel a little bit more confident and a little bit more empowered from taking something away and taking action on something that you know you don't want. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. I, I just love what you've shared. I look forward to our listeners benefiting from this episode and continuing to benefit from your work. Thank you for joining us. And hopefully we'll have you back on the job interview experience soon. I'd love to come back. Thank you. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.